Welcome to the My Data Podcast. I'm your host, Molly Schwartz. And in the My Data Podcast, we cover all the big questions facing our personal data management systems. So all of us are leaving data trails behind us in our everyday lives when we use our phones and computers. And this is data that describes us and who we are and what we do. And so in every episode of this podcast, we talk to a guest who's involved in shaping the future of personal data management. And we get into a lot of the big questions about technology, policy, culture, ethics, and today we have as our guest the CTO of the Nordic Institute for Interoperability Solutions, Petri Kivimaki. Um, and he actually, we were just talking, he has a background first working in libraries, but then working in different technical jobs, and we're really happy to have him here today. So Petri, how are you doing? Uh, hello, everyone. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, thank you. And it's really, really nice to be here today. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about the, do you guys call it NICE? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the name is really long, Nordic Institute for Interoperability Solutions. So usually we just, just call it NICE. And can you tell me what exactly it is and how long it's been around for? Yeah, so uh, NIS is a joint organization founded by Estonia and Finland. Our aim is to develop uh, e-government solutions to our members and we are kicking off with uh, XROAD solution which is a data ex exchange layer software used both in, in Estonia and in Finland. And uh, we are a pretty new organization uh, as NIS was founded in, in 2017, in June, uh, and myself, I, I started at NIS in, in February this year, so more or less six months ago. Yeah, so it's a new position. What were you doing before you came to NIS? Well, uh, before uh, before Nice, I worked uh, one year at at Accenture as a technology consultant and architect, and uh, before that, I worked at the Finnish Population Register Center, where I where I was actually already working with uh, XROAD. I I started at the Population Register Center in in 2014 when when the Finnish uh, XROAD impl implementation project started, and I I worked as a technical lead of that project. So uh, even if I'm I'm new at NIS and NIS is a new organization, but I have a history with with XROAD uh, already before NIS. And can you tell me what exactly is XROAD? Yeah, so like I said, XROAD is a, a data exchange layer solution. So it provides standardized and secure way to exchange information between different information systems. Got it. And it's my understanding that Estonia has actually been using this for a while, and they are the ones, I think, who developed the protocol. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So XROAD was originally developed in, in Estonia and the first version was released already in, in 2001. So it's, it's not, a, not a new system. It, it has been around almost 20 years already. Uh, but of course it has been, uh, it, it has developed a lot over time and there has been multiple different versions of it. And uh, the current version is uh, version number six. And that version was, was implemented also in Finland in, uh, in 2015. 
Yeah, and it's my understanding that what's so revolutionary about Finland and Estonia both applying this X-Road data exchange protocol is that you all will actually be able to use the same government services or exchange data between your different government services between countries. Is that what you all are trying to do? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So uh, both Estonia and uh, Finland use X-Road nationwide. And uh, X-Road uh, has a feature called Federation. Uh, so Finland and Estonia both have their own uh, X-Road environments, uh, but Federation enables different en- environments to be connected so that services can be produced uh, and consumed between different environments. So technically it's already possible. It has been possible since February 2018, uh, but uh, there are no uh, cross-border services in production yet. So at the moment we are trying to find use cases and and get some some real real use cases implemented in in production. Yeah, because that would be pretty huge. I mean, and if you were the first two countries to start doing it, I imagine there would be more countries that would want to add on. But uh, so you all are kind of managing the data exchange protocol, but you would need other organizations to come in and build on top of it. Is that how it work? And what kind of organizations would you think would be able to plug into it? So there are uh, actually yeah, there are many diff- different kind of roles. First, if we think about NIS, uh, we are uh, responsible for uh, developing uh, the X-Road core technology. So you can you can see us as a software vendor, even if we are not a vendor in that sense that we are developing open source software that is available for anyone, but. In any case, we uh, develop uh, the technology and all all the aspects related to it. Then uh, Finland and Estonia, they are running their own X-Road environments. In Finland, uh, the X-Road environment, the service, is called Suomi.fi Data Exchange Layer. And in Estonia, the service is called Axte. And... um, in Finland, uh, the Population Register Center is responsible for uh, running running the service here, and then in Estonia, uh, Information System Authority uh, is responsible for running XT. So they are uh, our closest partners when it when it comes uh, comes to <coughs> Xroad and uh, how how we develop it, and so. Uh, these are the organizations that are managing the software and uh, <coughs> and providing the services. But then, uh, of course, uh, we also need uh, the actual services and uh, also <coughs> organizations that consume the services. And um, uh, that's uh, uh, that's actually the most uh, challenging part when it when it comes to cross border services so uh, we we need to find uh, different uh, uh, organizations using xroad in finland and different organizations using xroad in estonia that uh, w- want want to exchange data which is with each other or uh, organizations uh, who 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 find it beneficial. So we are talking uh, all kinds of organizations, I mean public sector, 
private sector, even municipalities. But uh, I think the first use cases, the most beneficial ones, they are about uh, exchanging, for example, uh, tax-related information, maybe medical records, uh, personal data, that, that, that kind of things. Uh, there are a lot of Estonians who work in Finland and, and vice versa, so also uh, personal data like uh, addresses, uh, phone numbers, that kind of things. I think it's a uh, it very, very important use case and uh, aut automating it could bring uh, quite much, much savings, I mean, a lot, lot less manual work. Yeah, definitely. I can already imagine, like, I mean, going from one country to another right now, there are so many, like, switching costs and just, like, all these day-to-day -day things that you need to reapply for in the new countries. Yeah, so what appealed to you about doing this work? Like, did you want to work on X-Road or did you just find yourself there? Well, uh, that's that's a good question. Uh, when I was uh, before I started to work at the Population Register Center in 2014, I, I worked at at the National Library of Finland, and um, I participated in in a training related to X Road, and I I found the system very very interesting. And then some some months later, I I saw a job advertisement where the population register center was was looking looking for an information systems manager for leading the technical implementation in Finland. And I thought that yeah, even the system seemed interesting, and uh, also all the also the position was was very interesting. And I I decided to apply it. And well, here here I am. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think that the work that you did at the National Library, are there many things that carry over from library work to working on like e-government services? Yes, uh, definitely. So uh, usually uh, people don't think uh, library as a very technical place. They think that, well, it's all about books and man manual work and, and that kind of things. But actually, there are m so many different kind of information systems in in libraries and an integrations uh, between the systems they they play really important role so that everything can can work as as smoothly as possible and and well xroad is also about uh, transferring information between different information systems and well uh, that's that's definitely in in common and then also uh, vocabularies, uh, ontologies, uh, metadata, they are, well, very important things in, in, in the library world and also nowadays in, in almost any information system. So actually there are lots of similarities. Yeah, I can imagine. There's like a lot of XML happening in library databases and I would imagine it's the same for e-government data. What you're saying is that XROAD was started in 2001 in Estonia, which was kind of at the beginning of when they were building up their current like government systems. Uh, do you think that it still holds from them, that it still works well? And why did it take so long for any other country to try to also uh, connect to XROAD? 
Yeah, uh, I think that X-Road uh, still works very well for Estonia. I mean, they have a, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but they have uh, thousands of services connected uh, to X-Road nowadays. And uh, well, most of their data exchange, it, it relies on, on X-Road. So it's a really essential system for them. And uh, that's a good question. Why why did it take so long uh, until any any other country implemented it? Uh, so Finland uh, started the implementation project in 2014, and uh, the production environment was was published in in 2015. Uh, but actually, uh, Finland is not the first country to implement X-Road after Estonia. There, there are other countries too. If you go to see our website, uh, org, there is an X-Road world map where you can see all the, co- all the countries that are using X-Road or or considering using it uh, and uh, you will be amazed uh, after seeing the map how many countries there actually are so there are before Finland there were already uh, other countries using it but um, well uh, not 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 in Europe and maybe not so so developed countries as as Finland there there is uh, one country in Africa, then in uh, South America, and uh, all, all also in in the East. So, could people from those countries be connecting to some of the services in Estonia using Xroad? Uh, basically, yeah. But when we are talking about uh, the federation feature, uh, it makes it possible to connect different uh, X-Road environments with each other. But it doesn't mean uh, that all the X-Road environments are automatically connected. So I- it requires some some configuration. And for example, at the moment, uh, Estonian and Finnish X-Road are connected, but uh, but uh, Finland hasn't created a connection with uh, X-Road in Azerbaijan, for example, because they are using it too. Cool, yeah. Um, what are some of the security concerns with this kind of data transfer happening and how are you all working to manage those? Uh, X-Road has uh, quite many built-in features when it when it comes to security and uh, I would say that it's definitely more a secure option than than traditional point-to-point integrations so when you are uh, transferring data to X-Road the built-in uh, features they are already there so you don't have to the administrator don't have to manually uh, configure them and uh, you can be sure that uh, the same same features and same controls are are there also on on the other side got it yeah your product is an 
is it an open source software itself or it's an open source environment that people build on top of? Can you explain like how Xroad is or isn't open source? Yeah, Xroad definitely is, is open source. All the source code is uh, published under uh, the MIT license that is the most permissive open source license. So basically you can, uh, and also practically, you can take the sor source code modify it, build your own service, you can do actually whatever you want it, it and you don't need our permission to do it. Yeah, cool. And how many people are on your team here at Nice in Finland? Uh, well, our in our development team we have four developers at the moment. And then uh, when it comes to uh, Nice, uh, at the moment we are four people. Okay, that's not that's not so many. What have been some of the challenges, and especially some, some things that you maybe weren't expecting that have been challenging starting your work as CTO? Well, uh, I don't know. Actually, at the moment, there hasn't been any unexpected challenges yet. I, I don't say that there hasn't been any challenges, but uh, everything has been more or less expected uh, so far because like I said uh, I, I've already worked with XROAD before and been responsible for uh, for the d development side of it too so I, I knew pretty well what to expect when I decided to take this position so from my point of view everything has gone according to plans as so far and and no no big surprises actually i have a very very positive feeling about everything especially because we are starting uh, the sprint one tomorrow so it's a big day i'm glad i caught you before that what will the sprint one involve uh well we have um uh, some uh, actually two major goals for for this year we we must uh, implement rest support for xroad and then we also need to implement uh, support for uh, ubuntu 18 operating system so those are the two major goals for this year but of course then we are going to do uh, also many minor enhancements too why are those the two major goals? What would that enable, having these two features? Well, uh, uh, if we start uh, from uh, Ubuntu 18, currently uh, XROAD supports Red Hat 7 and Ubuntu 14 operating systems, and, uh, and the support for Ubuntu 14 is, is ending next year. So we re really need uh, to support a, a later version for that so it's it's kind of obvious uh, but then about rest support so at the moment uh, the xroad uh, protocol is based on soap which is an xml based protocol and it has been around for for quite a while already and uh, actually there are uh, still many, many older systems using it, but nowadays when you implement a new information system, I it usually doesn't use, use SOAP anymore. Uh, nowadays, REST and, and JSON, they are the technologies that are, are used. And of course, uh, 
X-Road at the moment is, is based on SOAP, but many information systems that are using it are based on REST and JSON. So it means that it means additional work uh, for, for the organizations that own the information systems when they start to use X-Road. And uh, it's, it creates additional cost and, and some organizations may may choose not to use X-Road because of that, wi which is not good, of course. Uh, using X-Road uh, should be as, as easy as possible and implementing a native uh, REST and JSON support for X-Road enables organizations to join and, and use X-Road a lot, lot easier. So that's, that's, that's our goal. How were you using X-Road at the Population Center? What services were you using it for? Well, uh, the Population Register Center is uh, uh, the X-Road operator in Finland, so they are controlling and managing the Finnish X-Road environment. But in, in addition to that, they are also a service provider. So uh, the Population Register Center is, is the owner of the uh, population register system in Finland that contains contains information about all, all the people living living in Finland, and um, uh, that uh, that information uh, has been published through through X-Road in Finland. So I think uh, that's one of the uh, most important and most used uh, services in in the. Finnish X-Road at the moment. Is that all kept in like kind of one database that is controlled by the government and do people ever get nervous about like surveillance and privacy issues in regards to that? Yeah, basically it's a it's a one one big database that contains all all the information but of course it's uh it's not not just uh, any database it's a uh, very secure database and there are uh, regulations and classifications regarding data so there are l lots of controls so uh, it's it's a very very secure si system and very secure database but of course there are always always concerns and uh, and it's uh, i think it's uh, impossible to convince everyone that uh, there's no no need need to worry yeah because that's something like I know in the US there's been big fights like the social security number has become a default identity number but there have been times when they've tried to institute some kind of like national ID number and people have really fought against it because they want to prevent this kind of like government centralization of keeping track of the population but a lot of people also complain in the U.S. about how government services, e-government services, don't work so well. Um, and I actually would like to ask you about that. What would you say to people who think that e-government services are a lot of times lagging behind the innovations in the tech industry? Do you think that's true? And do you think there's like a good reason for it? Yeah, I think that uh, partially it it is true. I mean that... Um, uh currently technology uh it it 
gives so many different kind of uh, opportunities and technically you can create you could create very very innovative services uh, that are uh, maybe easier easier to use than than the current services but then of course there are there is legislation uh, regulations re- regarding uh, well uh, privacy and how how uh, data can be used so uh, technology gives you the opportunity to to do many things but then uh, because there are regulation and legislation you you just can't can't use the data that that you have so uh, there maybe there should be a better better balance between that uh, but of course data security and and privacy issues they are they are very important that it's it's not okay either that your data can can be used for for anything that uh, some maybe commercial organization decides. Yeah, I would say based on what's been coming out recently about how some of these companies that maybe can move very quickly have been using data, it makes people think that there's a benefit to having some caution and some time to test out programs and see how they work. Um, What are you looking forward to hearing about at the My Data Conference. Is this the first My Data Conference you've participated in and uh, what do you plan to be talking about with people there? Yeah, this is my first My Data Conference and I'm really really curious to meet uh, different people there, people from different backgrounds. And uh, well, in general, I'm curious to hear different kind of point of views regarding My Data and uh yeah also tell about uh, x road and uh, uh tell people how how x road uh, possibly could could be used to solve some of the problems regarding my data totally i think you this might be a good chance to get some use cases and you're going to be presenting there right and what track will you be presenting on uh i'm going to be presenting on the interoperability track that's what I want to ask you about. So uh, with the GDPR coming out in Europe, uh, data portability is a big aspect of it. Do you think that XROAD is potentially a protocol that people could be using to implement the data portability requirements? Uh, yeah, XROAD definitely has has some features that are are beneficial in, in, in that sense. So uh, XROAD provides... Um, uh, logging of all all the messages, all the data that is that is sent sent through it, and in a, in addition, all all the messages they are uh, signed and and time stamped. So uh, so you can afterwards you can use use the logs for proving that uh, the data has has not been tampered. What is you, if you were to imagine kind of like all your dreams fulfilled for how like the X-Road implementation goes and moves forward, what would it look like? Yeah, uh, maybe the perfect situation would be that uh, uh, the European Union would would choose X-Road as as the data exchange layer that all, all the member countries uh, have have to use for for data exchange. 
Yeah, that would really be like a true implementation of the goals of the EU's um, kind of like mobility between the countries. I feel like then it could be fully realized in like an easy way. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to talk about? I mean, open source is a really important thing to me. I've been uh, working with uh, open source software for years and it's, uh, well, I, I could also uh, call it uh, as, a, as a hobby because, well, uh, I'm a um, uh, software engineer and I uh, also you used to be a programmer. O obviously, nowadays it's, it's not my main, main task, but I, I still like to do it, do it ev every now and then. And uh, that's why I, uh, I really like what Nice is doing with, with X-Road. Uh, X-Road is op open source and uh, it's a really unique situation that two, two countries, Finland and Estonia, are, are developing an open source solution together. Uh, well, world is w full of open source project different kind of open source software but uh, at least i don't know any any other project or software that is developed by by two countries and then uh, released as as open source and i i think it's really cool it is really cool i am wondering how did you start programming how did you get started as a computer programmer yeah that's actually uh, a funny story i was uh, working at uh, Aalto University library back then. I think it was in 2004, in 2005. Uh, we, we had a project. It was about uh, improving uh, the usability of the library. Uh, and now I'm not uh, talking about uh, the usability of, of the website of, of, or some information system, but uh, the usability of, of the library as a whole. And uh, well, uh, one uh, action that came out from the project was to create a wayfinding uh, solution, a web solution uh, to the library so that uh, the customers can, can locate the publications more, more easily. And so we decided to uh, implement uh, that kind of a software web service uh, but the problem was that we didn't have any programmers and none of us uh, knew how to program. So I decided that, well, it, it seems interesting. I, I, I start uh, to study programming so that I can implement this project. At that point, uh, it was my only goal. But then uh, while I was implementing the project and learning more all the time, I, I realized that, hey, this is, uh, this is something uh, really interesting and this is uh, what I want to do in the future too. So um, after the project, I, I applied for, for studying programming and, and then in 2000 and uh, in 2010, yeah, I, I graduated uh, in, in software engineering. Yeah, so this, I, this wraps up our conversation. I think uh, 
people who want to hear more about the work that you're doing should consider coming to the My Data Conference, the My Data 2018 Conference. It will be in Helsinki at the end of August, and you can find more information on the website at www.mydata2018.org. There's information about the rest of the speakers on the program, some of whom we've talked to on this podcast, and information about how to register. Thanks so much for joining us today, Petteri. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the My Data podcast. The My Data conference takes place in Helsinki, Finland, August 29th to 31st, 2018. Find out more on this year's conference website at mydata2018.org. The show notes and video versions of this podcast are available on the My Data Global Network website at mydata.org. You can contact us via email at podcast@mydata.org or on Twitter at mydata.org. We thank the Metropolitan New York Library Council for letting us record in their studio at 599 11th Avenue in New York City. Music is by David Cutter Music and Joachim Karud. This podcast is copyright My Data 2018. The My Data podcast was produced by me, Gianfranco Cicconi. The host was Molly Schwartz. Video and audio are available for redistribution under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License Version 4.0 International. See you next time.